Welcome to the ultimate hangout spot for all sports fans. Welcome to your all-access paths to everything sports. Welcome to GNT Sports Talk. And here are your hosts, Julian Gallardi and Bobby Thompson. So we are moving on to the NFC wildcard games, which is the Sunday slate. And we are started off with the, if I'm not mistaken, it is the Saints-Vikings, yes. which will go. So this game definitely has a lot of storylines to it. I remember the last time these two games played on in the playoffs, don't you? Yep, there was the Minnesota Miracle. That was when Case Keenum was involved before Kirk Cousins. It was that touchdown pass to Diggs late where the guy inexplicably I don't even know what type of coverage that was. I've never seen anything so poor in such a crucial moment before. But it was absolutely horrendous, and Diggs just went right past them, and they get the game-winning touchdown. It was insane. One of the most memorable endings to a playoff game you'll see, especially when it took place in the divisional round. It was really something. Yes, it was. And now we fast-forward two years later. Different quarterback for the Vikings in Kirk Cousins, who started out the season horrible until he got called out on Adam Thielen's podcast. <laughs> Podcasting, <and>, see? Yep, <laughs> completely turned it around. And the Saints, the fact that the, the NFC is so deep, the Saints, arguably one of the best teams in football, offensively and defensively, they're underrated. They're in a wild card game. 13 is, wins. It's crazy. 13 wins game. and you're a wild card team in the NFC. Unbelievable. So, this game, you know, the health for the Vikings has been a cause for concern all season. I can assure you right now, Dalvin Cook will be ready to go. Uh, Madsen, his backup, will be ready to go. Adam Thielen is, a good, is good to go. So, they are at full strength. The Vikings on offense. The Saints don't have any big notable injuries. They seem to be good to go. All you got to do is plug in Drew Brees and Michael Thomas, and just those two could beat anybody. It's crazy. So mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you what. This game, you're going to see, in my opinion, you're going to see a lot of high scoring. Everybody, this game is going to be exciting to watch if you like seeing scoring. This is what you're going to see. I th- I expect Michael Thomas, who will be double covered, of course, he's still going to make plays. This guy seems like he makes 10-plus catches every week, and, it's, and he makes everything look easy for Drew Brees. The, se- the Vikings are going to have their hands full with Alvin Kamara, too, who's starting to get going again. A lot of people, you guys really haven't heard that much about Alvin Kamara this year, and, and I think the reason why is because he he dealt with injuries early in the season as well. But I think the loss of Mark Ingram definitely took a toll on him in a way. But he still puts up numbers. The guy's a dual-threat guy. So, um, The one thing with the Saints is, here's, here's you want to hear something crazy? You know who my X Factor in this game is? Let's hear it. Taysom Hill. Oh, Taysom, Taysom Hill. Hill. I wrote them down too. Taysom Hill, the quarterback slash running back slash wide receiver slash anything you need him to do. The guy is the pure definition of a football player. When you see football player in the dictionary, his picture is right there because he could do anything you ask him to do. I guarantee you if, if Sean Payton asked 
him to go play corner for a play. He'll do it, and he'll excel at it. <laughs> Taysom Hill is so good, it's crazy. They use him all over. you got to worry about him because they line him up as a Wildcat quarterback, and he is a quarterback, so they line him up in the backfield running plays. And then at wide receiver, he's, he's going against top corners making plays. It's crazy. <laughs> and the thing about the Vikings is their secondary is not elite. Let's put it that way. It's the only person in that secondary I do like. Trey Waynes is okay. Uh, Mackenzie Alexander's not bad. Uh, Harrison Smith is their best player in the secondary. But the front seven for the Vikings is, the, is what they are known for. So the Vikings now, they also have playmakers too on offense. They have... Adam Thielen, they have Stefan Diggs who started the year out slow and then he started to pick it up. And Dalvin Cook is back to form. Dalvin Cook is a stud. Get this guy the, the rock and he'll do great things. But it all depends on how what kind of Kirk Cousins you're getting. Because Kirk Cousins could come out and light you up. But then there's games where he just turns the ball over, he overthrows receivers, he underthrows, he, he loses the ball. He gets hit a lot. He stands in the pocket when he could, he could at least move. So I think the Saints on defense are underrated. I think led by defensive end Cameron Jordan is definitely somebody they're going to have to account for. It's going to be a problem for them. The Vikings offensive line is decent, but you're going to see this game. To win this game, you got to get the ball out quick. And Marshawn Lattimore, their their shutdown corner, is going to take out. They're going to he's going to probably cover. I'm going to go with probably Diggs. So they're going to have to rely on Thielen. Oh, I'm sorry, uh, he's going to probably cover Thielen. So Diggs and uh, Kyle Rudolph is going to have to make plays. Irv Smith, the backup tight end. Their their receiving core for the Vikings, other than Stephon Diggs and Thielen, is kind of uh, weak. They it's just, nothing there. Really, they still yeah. do have Laquan Treadwell, who has been a bust their first-round pick of a receiver a few years ago. But with, for their the X factor for me against um, the Saints for the Vikings, I'm going to go with Madsen. And here's why. Something happens to Dalvin Cook and he comes in. He's a Dalvin Cook clone. If you look at, look at the way they look and the way they run, the way they catch the ball, and the way they make their cuts, they are identical. I think he's an X factor. I really do because they're going to use him. And he's going to get some plays. So, with that being said, I'll make my prediction right now, and then I'll give it off to Julian. I'm going to say this. It's not going to be enough. I think the Saints are going to score 40. Call me crazy. 41-27. to 41-27, Saints move on to the divisional round. I have spoken. Yes, you have. And I actually agree with basically everything you just said for the most part. But I'll add some tidbits and fun stuff as yeah. well. The Saints, I have them winning this game 41-17. to yeah. So it's a very similar outlook here. You look at the Kirk Cousins, 69% of his balls completed, 26 touchdowns, 6 interceptions, QBR around 60, just 3,600 yards. He has played great and probably one of the best seasons he's had. Dalvin Cook over 1,130 yards rushing, 13 touchdowns. He's been good. Madsen has just under 500. Like you said, he can be a solid X factor, especially if Cook goes down. But when I'm looking at Minnesota, to me, it's Adam Thielen. Where has he been all season? If he, the Vikings are going to have any chance of pulling off this upset, Thielen's going to have to come back to his old self quickly. And he only has 30 grabs or 418 yards and six touchdowns. I know he's been injured, but 
If the Vikings want to have any chance, I think he's the only way. Diggs, also 63 catches, 1,130 yards and six touchdowns. He's been good as normal. So he started the season terribly, actually. But then once Steelen went down and then he he talked to Cousins a little bit, they all seemed to start clicking. So that's the outlook for the Vikings. I don't think they have any chance in this game at all. See, really, I think it's a bad matchup for them. They're going down the big easy, and it's not going to be easy. I'll tell you that much. Ah, very nice. I like that. No, it will not be easy. Not at all. And Yeah, I mean, and you know what happened last time, obviously. The Saints don't need any more motivation. This is a 13-win team playing a wild-card weekend. It's unheard of. You don't see this happen too often. So Never. It's a big mismatch in terms of that. This is probably one of the best teams to ever play in wild-card weekend. I'll go that far here. And then you look at Drew Brees in 11 games, 27 touchdowns, four picks. His QBR near 75. His completion percentage <laughs> near 75. I mean, the guy just does it all. He's 40 years old. Alvin Kamara had a bit of a down year, I'd say, for his standards, but he still picked up over 1,300 all-purpose yards, had six touchdowns in the season, so he's still not going anywhere. Taysom Hill, like you talked about, the Swiss Army knife seems to do a little bit of everything. Has 156 yards rushing, 234 receiving. He's thrown it a few times, seven total touchdowns. He's overturned stuff. He actually is one of my X-Factors for the Saints as well. I like that pick a lot. You never know what he's going to do, and you know they're going to get him involved. It's the playoffs. There's no reason to save him for anything. Exactly. (laughs) So... Another guy I'm looking at is Jared Cook. I knew. I was just going to say that. There you go. Love it. 43 catches, 700 yards, nine touchdowns. Nine touchdowns, everyone. Excuse me. So, he... It's going to be key in taking pressure off Michael Thomas. He's been the second most consistent receiver. And after Jared Cook, there's an 1,000-yard gap to Michael Thomas. 1,725 yards, nine touchdowns. Of course, he set the receptions record at 149 receptions. What an animal. What a season. It's historic. He came close to the yardage mark as well, but he still would need like 100 or something or so with that, maybe two something. But that, that doesn't matter. It's all about the receptions. It's all about the Saints. And we look at some rankings that can specify this more. The Saints offense ranks third, which is under 29 points a game. The Vikings actually rank fifth among playoff teams at 25. You look at the rushing attack. The Saints struggle running the football, 108 yards a game. Vikings much better, 133 yards. They rank fifth among playoff teams. Passing the ball, the Saints are second, and this is where they're going to make they're due 265 yards. And the Vikings are 10th at just 220 yards. That's a big difference right there. Look at the defenses. Saints are ranked 10th, actually, amongst playoff teams, which is 21 points. I'm sorry, 8th amongst playoff teams, which is a little bit over 21 points a game. And then you look at the Vikings. They rank 4th amongst playoff teams, which is under 19. Rushing defense, Saints are very good, and this is going to be a problem for the Vikings because they're going to force Cook. They're going to force Cousins to throw the ball because they're going to want Cook. 91 yards a game on the ground. That's it for the Saints, the second best in the postseason. Vikings give up 108, and that lands them at seventh. Look at the passing defenses. Vikings give up 233 yards. That lands them seventh as well. And the Saints give up 242, which would land them at ninth. So that's the tail of the tape. I also think another problem for the Vikings is we talk about all these injured players. We know, and you know, there's no way all three of them are anywhere close to 100%. They're just no. playing because it's the playoffs, of and the Vikings have, have to. to play them. So I understand that, and I'm not saying don't play them, but Thielen and Cook have not been in rhythm at all, really. Cook, Thielen I'm way more concerned about than Cook because Cook's at least played somewhat recently. But Madsen will be an interesting – this will be a big test for him against that stout Saints front. 
and that defense, that crowd, that energy, that hype. I just don't see the Vikings getting past it. Once again, I'm not trying to be boring. It's just I don't see this game being close. No, I don't see it close either. That's why <laughs> the Saints just seem like they could score 40 on the drop of a dime, and the yeah. drop of a dime is going to happen on Sunday. Yes, also spreads. When we're looking at spreads, it's an eight-point spread. Put it all on the Saints. I'm not even worried Put about it. Put all your money. Yes, we are bet saying bet the house on the Saints. This is our bet the house of the week. This is our game of the week. We're gonna start bet doing the house. bet the house. We're gonna we should start doing that going forward, like our bet the house game. This is yeah, definitely the bet the house game for the wild card weekend. I also think it's gonna go over forty nine and a half because I think the Saints are gonna score a lot. Yeah, they will definitely will. So now we're gonna transition. We're gonna have a commercial break here. We're gonna go to the other half of the NFC. Eagles and Seahawks. We have predicted three out of the four games so far, so stay tuned. What's up, GT fans? Have you followed our social media pages yet? Follow our Instagram and Twitter pages at GT Sports Talk 2, where we provide your all access pass to everything sports. Once again, that's at GTS Sports Talk 2. Now back to the studio. Now we are on the last game of Wildcard Weekend. It is the Philadelphia Eagles against the Seattle Seahawks. So, with this game, the Eagles got a big win against the Giants last week in Week 17 to clinch the NFC East title in that dreadful division, <laughs> I may add. The NFC Least, for sure, earned its name this year. Yes, NFC Least. Least amount of wins. good teams. <laughs> yeah, and wins. So, so yeah, so, okay. I'm going to tell you this. The Eagles, they you want to talk about banged up. This receiving core has been banged up all season long. They did not even have a 1,000-yard receiver. And I don't think anybody even broke, other than Zach Ertz, broke, um, if I'm not mistaken, broke 500 yards. It's 600 because Goddard. But 600, the stat okay. is that there's no receiver that went over 500 yards. The tight ends did, though. The tight, oh, the tight end, the and tight Miles ends. Sanders went slightly over. Okay, the tight ends and, and running backs were a lot better than the receiving core for the Eagles. So it was a bit of an issue on offense for Philadelphia, which two years ago arguably had a very very good offense. It's been a lot different. The Eagles defense though has played a lot better, even though that secondary is still putrid. Yes, and we'll get to that. If you look at all the injuries that this team has had to sustain throughout this season, their IR list is so long, it looks like Santa's Christmas list. It's probably like the Jets' IR list. It's it's pretty bad. So Seattle, too, though. They're getting up Seattle there. is getting banged up, too. Another thing with Seattle, you know, they had that um, controversial loss the other uh, Sunday night, which was the best game of the week. It was probably the best game of the year. Mm-hmm. It was something, and that game determined the division as well. So yep. these, so they lost that game to the 49ers, a goal line stand. Um, lost twenty six twenty one. I'm going to tell you this: I think the Seattle Seahawks, their defense is okay. Their offense, you got to get them going. Russell Wilson just makes plays with whoever you put in there. This game is going to be a problem, I think, for both teams. I really do. Um, I think that Carson Wentz is playing a lot better, and the fact that he's playing so tremendously with known with guys who are no name receivers, by the way, I might add, 
Zach Ertz is playing with a broken rib. <laughs> and something, I think he had a laceration to his kidney. That's why he didn't play last week. Yeah, things are not going great for it's Ertz not right go- now. No, it's not going good at all. They lost Alshon Jeffrey, who was terrible this year. He's, a t- he's another 10-man, too. I can't stay healthy for um, nothing. The running back situation, uh, Jordan Howard got hurt. He's back. Um, they lost. Who else did they lose? Darren Sproles retired. He's out. The one plus I will tell you for this team, two, two got Boston Scott and Dallas Goddard have been a godsend to the Philadelphia Eagles. And that's my, my uh, X factor for that game is Boston Scott. Interesting one. He was so good against the Giants. A shifty guy. He reminds me of Darren Sproles. He's another Darren Sproles. Same height, same style of play, runs hard, doesn't turn the ball over. He's a guy they could count on, and Carson Wentz definitely going to count on him a lot. Um, I think Seattle's going to really have a problem. Uh, well, they're not going to have a problem covering these receivers. I think Seattle's going to have a problem accounting for him, Boston Scott and Goddard. I think Goddard and Zach Ertz, even a hobbled Zach Ertz, they're going to they're gonna have problems. Because if you saw Seattle last week, they could not stop George Kittle. So if they can't stop George Kittle, who's arguably one of the best tight ends in football, how are they going to stop Zach Ertz and Goddard, that double tight end set? It's going to be an issue. It really is. But <clears throat> I'm going to tell you this. On the Seattle side, I think Russell Wilson had a tremendous season. He's worked through a lot of receiving situations. Uh, Tyler Lockett was for the last end of the season, and we both know this because we had him in fantasy when we really needed him. He was kind of hot and cold. Mm-hmm. He had a touchdown last week. You're going to have to rely on him hard because they have nobody to cover him, the Eagles. Nobody to stay with him. And D.K. Metcalf made a lot of play. He was so good this year, D.K. Metcalf. What a year for him. Um the running back situation for the Seahawks has been an even bigger problem for the, the team. Yeah. It's almost worse. What do you think is worse, actually? Here's a good question. Okay. Eagles wide receiver situation or Seahawks running back situation? Ooh. I'm gonna go with the I'm gonna go with the <laughs> Eagles uh wide receiver situation because Seattle brought back Beast Mode and that guy Travis Homer actually did pretty well. Pretty decent. So I think Okay. Because the thing with the Eagles though even though that guy Greg Ward's doing well, they they just signed some guy uh, Gibson, Sheldon Gibson, something yeah, like I know, that. Yeah, I know Gibson. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a problem. It really is because with Seattle, you plug in Marshawn Lynch, beast mode. He just does what he has to do, and then Travis Homer. All you got, and they're going to use them more as receivers. I think this game, <clears throat> they're going to attack the secondary. That's what I think. I think mm-hmm. because Fletcher Cox and company up front, Nigel Bradham. They're gonna they're gonna focus on stopping the run and trying to get Russell Wilson down. Yeah, and it's going to be easier said than done. My ex, like I said, my X factor for the Eagles is Boston Scott. For Seattle, my my X factor is going to be uh, is going to be DK Metcalf. I want to see because they're gonna try to take away Locker. I want to see DK Metcalf make those big plays when he needs to. So with that, I'll go with my pick right now. I'm going with Seattle to win this game. And I, I really thought about this one. I really did. Because um, the Eagles have been playing well as of late, but they're playing Seattle now. Seattle's going to be ready to go. 31-21 Seahawks advance. I've spoken. Yeah, I mean, I see why you would say that, but I'm going to flip the coin on you. I think the Eagles take advantage of that home crowd. The Eagles are actually 
projected to win this based on ESPN at 60%, which I found interesting because they're, really? the, they're the underdog at one and a half points. Over under 45 and a half, I would, over, I would go way over. These defenses are both very problematic. And, yes. you'll, and I'm going to get to that right now. So we look at the defense. The Eagles rank 10th, have 22 points a game. Seattle has the worst defense in the playoffs. They give up 25 points a game. Then you look at the secondary. Seattle gives up the second most yardage per game, 263. The Eagles give up 241, which ranks them eighth. And then you look at the rushing defenses. Eagles are very stout when it comes to stopping the run. And that, like you said, you hit this on the head before when you were saying they're going to clamp down, try to get Russell Wilson down in these situations where they can get pressure on him because you know the offensive line for Seattle is very suspect yes. also. Yes, so it is. The Eagles are going to clamp down on Lynch and Homer. Eagles only give up 90 rushing yards a game. That's it. Seattle gives up 117. And that also puts them at ninth. So you see the difference there. And, and honestly, I think the Eagles offense is going to get it going. I, I think there's plays to be made. I think the X factor is two I'm actually looking at. It's Miles Sanders who has around 1,300 yards from scrimmage, and he has six touchdowns in the season. He's been outstanding as a rookie, everything they could have asked for. Jordan Howard is 520 yards rushing. Zach Ertz is going to be critical to me, depending what Ertz are we going to get. Are we going to get the vintage Ertz? Are we going to get a halfway 50% Ertz? Are we going to get something close? That's going to be what really decides this football game to me because the Eagles need Ertz. They don't have any wide receivers. They no. really don't have anybody. And Nelson Aguilar is their leading receiver, and we've already talked trashed him enough on this show, but Aguilar is under 400 yards in the season. That's their <laughs> leading receiver. That's active. My God. Their leading wide receiver. Dallas Goddard is also going to be big. 607 yards and five touchdowns. And I think it's going to be critical to get those tight ends and Sanders involved in this passing game for the Eagles to have success. Running the ball. I think they'll be able to run it all right. I think I can see Sanders and Howard having some plays. Nothing too crazy, but I see them getting, well, I'll say a little bit over 100 yards rushing the ball probably. And then you look at Wentz, 69%, 64% of his pass is complete. Just over 4,000 yards, 27 touchdowns, 7 picks. His QBR is a 63. I know people have been getting on Wentz this year, and he's had some down moments. But when you look at the receivers he has to throw to, what more do you expect? And the fact that they can't block sometimes only makes it worse. So I think he's doing everything he can, honestly. And I think he's doing a pretty decent job of it. And I think he's going to show up, and he's going to show out. This is a big spot for Carson Wentz. He's never played in the playoffs before. I'm correct, right? No. He didn't this is his first because, playoff game. No, he hasn't because the year they won the Super Bowl, he was on IR, and that was Nick Foles' time. So he's, it's funny. He has, a, he has a Super Bowl ring as a quarterback, just not winning the game. That's right. crazy. So you got, this is his basically his – wow, that's crazy. Because his last year first, he didn't play in it either. No, no, he didn't. He was injured too. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, so this is his first playoff game. We're going to see what he's about on Sunday. And then you look at Seattle's side, Wilson's been outstanding, 66%. 31 touchdowns, 5 picks, 69 quarterback QBR, over 4,000 yards. He's been great. Chris Carson ran for 1,230 yards. He is out. He is not a factor. Homer has ran for 114. And Lynch is my X factor for the Seahawks. It is beast mode. Yes, sir. 34, t- 34 yards and just 12 carries last year. Did get a touchdown. Should they have given it to him late again? I mean, they had the penalty that messed that all up. But honestly, it's, 
he's gonna be he's gonna have to be big if Seattle's gonna want to win the game. He's the guy they're gonna go to. He's gonna get the majority of the carries, and we're gonna see if he can get anything going against the stout Eagles front. I just don't see it because you got the best rush defense in the league versus a guy who's barely even been playing. So I think that's gonna be a problem. Then you've got Tyler Lockett, like you said, over 1,000 yards, eight touchdowns. He is the leader of the Seahawks receiving core, no question. Metcalf's also another X factor for me. 15.5 yards per catch, 900 yards, and seven touchdowns. He really showed up this year. And he's going to have his chances against his poorest secondary. I can see a couple deep shots to Metcalf. It wouldn't be that inconceivable to me. But here's how I see the game going. I have a little bit of a weird score, but Eagles 26, Seahawks 24. Okay, not bad. Not bad. It's uh, I could definitely see a score like that happening a little bit unorthodox, but yeah, it's it's definitely possible. I think that both teams, you know what, both teams have not very good defenses, so I no. think both offenses are going to have to try to take advantage of it. I think Seattle could really take advantage of that putrid secondary of the Eagles, but I see your point where the Eagles could take care of business against Seattle. I still I also think that Jadavian Clowney. He's going to be a force to be reckoned oh, with. Oh, right. Yeah, of course he is. I couldn't agree more. And he has to be the difference maker for that Seahawks defense. He's trying to get paid. Yes, he is trying to get paid. His free agency is coming up as well. So here's what we're going to do now. We're going to recap quickly how our division rounds look based off our picks. And then we're going to go to our full predictions of the bracket. So here's what I have going on. I have the Titans being the Patriots, which would send them to Baltimore. And then I have the Texans beating the Bills, which would send them to Kansas City. That's how my AFC looks. In the NFC, I have the Eagles getting the win, so they're going to go to San Francisco. And then I have the Saints winning, and they will go to Green Bay. Not bad, not bad. So here's what I got. I got Buffalo beating uh, the Texans, and they're going to go to Baltimore in a matchup against the heavy-stouted Ravens. I never bet against my team. I don't care who we're playing. Patriots getting this win. They're going to Kansas City to play in the divisional round. Rematch of last year's championship game. Okay. For the NFC, I got the Saints going to uh, Green Bay. I can't wait for that. Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, going to be a great game. And I got Seattle winning this game, going to San Fran for the third time this year. That's another big game I can't wait to see. That's my division round. That's who's going to be in the divisional games, in my opinion. Yeah, my, all right, so that's, that's how we have it going. We're about to transition now, and this is going to be the end of this podcast, the NFC picture. But I just want to say one thing. If that Seahawks 49ers matchup happens for a third time, my God, get your popcorn ready. Get your popcorn <laughs> ready and be ready to go. There will be no messing around. That is primetime football, primetime television. That's what everybody wants to see. Okay, so Twitter, Instagram, GT Sports Talk 2. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Sponsor us, all that good stuff. Thank you, everyone.